Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Love Rules. Today's message, all in the family. Our text is from the Gospel of Mark, the third chapter, the 20th through the 35th verses. I'm just going to read a part of that. And the crowd came together so they could not even eat. When his family heard this, they went out to restrain him, Jesus, for people were saying, he's gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebul, and by the rule of the demons, he cast out demons. And Jesus called to them and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, the house will not be able to stand. If Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but his end has come. Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they, they sent to him and, and called to him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. But Jesus replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. You've heard the saying, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. We're all familiar with situations that bear that out. <laughs> you know how Cousin Boo and all those others that cut up at the weddings or how Uncle Frank always gets drunk at funerals. We, we all have horror stories of those moments when we wish we could trade in our families. But of course we can't. We're stuck with them. In truth, families are a bittersweet reality of life. And as many bad times as there are, there are so many more good times. There is also no better place to receive unconditional love and care than from one's family. But Jesus offers us a totally different and radical paradigm for understanding family in this text when he poses this unsettling question, who are my mother and my brothers? The story is a chaotic scene. Oh my goodness, it's early in Jesus' ministry. He's just chosen his 12 disciples. They're traveling through the countryside outside of Nazareth, preaching and healing. The kingdom of God is at hand. A new day has dawned. God's loving salvation is available to all. Huge and frenzied crowds are following Jesus. This mass of misfits and sick folks, the beggars, the outcasts, are desperate to get closer. They have heard that Jesus heals diseases and casts out demons. Perhaps they've heard about the, the man whose leprosy disappeared, the paralyzed man who got up from his mat and walked, the man whose deformed hand was restored. Everywhere he's gone, Jesus has done the miraculous. The good news spreads. But it isn't good news for everybody. The religious scribes from Jerusalem believe that Jesus is a demon and just as ominous, his own family thinks he's gone mad. This is not good news. The writer Mark penned one of the earliest accounts of Jesus' ministry. 
Mark is a contemporary of the Apostle Paul, but it's believed that he actually knew Jesus. His gospel is the shortest. It does not quote many sermons. It portrays Jesus as a man of miraculous power and a man of action. The teachers of the law, jealous and threatened by Jesus, are making these preposterous and dangerous claims that he is Beelzebul, Lord of the Flies, a prince of demons. And Jesus responds, how can I be a demon if I'm casting out demons? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Ironic, the Lord would use those words because it seems his own earthly house has split up. The text says when his family heard of Jesus' situation, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying he's gone out of his mind. There's always been this scholarly debate over what this truly means. Mary was visited by an angel before Jesus' birth. She should know her son. You have to wonder, what motivates this family to seek Jesus out? Do they really think he's crazy? Are they trying to protect him? Whatever the reason for their actions, they had to be shocked by Jesus' response. When word reaches Jesus that his mother and brothers have come for him, he says, Who are my mother and my brothers? Could it be that Jesus is rejecting his family? Is this the same Jesus who tells us to love our enemies and reminds us not to judge and preaches that we should do unto others as we would have them do unto us? This is the same Jesus. And now he draws a line in the sand with his family on the other side. Nothing is more sacred in Judaism than blood. Family honor, family respect, family obedience defined a person during biblical times. Remember? The commandment, honor thy father and thy mother. But Jesus seems to turn this value on its head. And his words force us to look at our contemporary debates over the concept of family. Many of us grew up watching the Huxtables. And some of us are old enough to remember Leave it to Beaver and Father Knows Best. That's the traditional definition of an American family. And it is what the Census Bureau still uses. But things are changing. A recent study by the Pew Research Center concludes that a new definition of family is emerging in the culture. It includes gay marriage, more unmarried couples raising children, more single women having children without a male partner. Family values is a term that was coined back in 1992 by President Dan Quayle. But the truth is that whatever we value as family, as a culture, it's changing. Now, whether you like the changes or not, it's a reality. And I'm not here to resolve the issue. I'm not here to talk about gay marriage or women being mothers alone. I'm just saying that Jesus enters this debate with this question, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister, and mother. I've thought a lot about this text because I think it challenges a lot of our concepts of a family and, and duty and, and relationship. But here's what I think Jesus is saying. Jesus wants us to know that his presence demands a decision, a choice, and many times it will not be an easy decision. Jesus often runs counter to what we think we know. Jesus always demands more of us than we think we have to give. I remember a recent funeral. 
It was tragic, and it was an unexpected death of a very young man. And I wondered how the preacher would comfort the crowd, because this kid was only 17 or 18 years old. The preacher talked about God's sovereignty, that God decided that this young man's timing on earth, not accidents, not circumstances, not human failings, but God decided his timing on earth. God is the Alpha and the Omega, God in charge. Now, that's a difficult thing to understand when you're young and confused and you've never experienced death. But every adult who spoke at this funeral spoke about God and God's love and God's unfailing faithfulness, a blessed assurance. It was clear to me that these people had an uncompromising trust that God is who God says. And this is where we're all called to be in this Christian walk. And sometimes that's really hard, but it forces us to make a decision. It forces us to stand with God. Who are my brothers? Who is my mother? Those who do the will of God. We are in God's family. There is nothing, no connection, no relationships, no circumstances that are greater or more important than that. And that's why we want everybody we love to be in God's family too. That is the question we have to kind of confront this morning. Who is in this family? Who's doing the will of God? Let's go back to this text and look at the scene again. Maybe there's some clues here. Now, Jesus has been busy healing and casting out demons. There are all kinds of folks that are drawn to Jesus. The lepers, the sick folks, I I listed them, the, the demonically possessed. Let's be honest. These are not the kind of people that we would consider our first choice of, of family. If we transpose this scene to the 21st century, who would be out in that crowd? Perhaps there would be single moms with no education, no skills. There might be tough teenage boys in desperate need of belonging to something. In my neighborhood, there would be a a schizophrenic homeless man who'd rather take his chances on the street than do anything else. What are we supposed to do when we see those people? Now, you may not live in a neighborhood where you see those people. I do. But whether you live in a neighborhood and see them or not, they exist. What are we supposed to do? My mother and my brothers are those who do the will of God. Doing the will of God can be hard work. And sometimes it means we have to build relationships with people that we're not particularly comfortable with. We have to build relationships not based on who those people are or or what those people do, but these relationships are based on our love for Christ. And that often runs counter to anything we know. That may be the hardest of all spiritual work, to do the will of God, to love those that Jesus Christ teaches us to love. Loving God is not something we do at our pleasure or when we feel like loving him. We have to express this love all the time. And for me and those of us at Roxbury Presbyterian Church, that means that we encounter people all the time 
not as someone we have to fix or, or change or control. We need to encounter these people as someone we love. The discipline of doing that is what separates us from political parties, community organizations. This is what it means to be a part of Jesus' family. And it's difficult. It's very hard. So whether you live in a neighborhood where you see people who are not quite like you and who are maybe not quite as as blessed as you or not quite as, as right as you, or whether you don't live in that neighborhood, think about love in terms of the other. Because the way I see it, God has made them all part of God's family. So what will we do? Who will we love? How will we treat our neighbors? How will we treat the stranger? Who are my brothers? Who is my mother? Who should I love? Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. Love will reign if you let love.